0: Here's Lisa living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald.
1: Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 175 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of today? Well, what I can tell you about Wendy Gerhardt is that she has always been a creative at heart. After following the traditional route getting a degree and all of her ducks in a row she was left wanting more she started her own business and quickly grew it to multiple six figures but was still miserable and trading in one job for an even harder job at her all-time low her health came crashing down as she suffered from a stroke wendy left her business and went on a journey to stop doing and start being through that journey she found spirituality meditation and so much more and she realized a business is only hard if you make it hard now wendy is a mindset meditation coach and success strategist for high vibe spiritually curious digital entrepreneurs wendy welcome to the show my friend how are you today i'm doing
2: awesome thank you so much for having me
1: well it's an honor to have you on the show and i just want to say in spite of everything that i've come to know about you in such a short finite period of time I'm incredibly impressed uh, for somebody to have incurred a stroke, for somebody to have really recalibrated what's important in their life and pivoting in terms of what their values are, what their core central values are. I just want to say that to me is what epitomizes living fearlessly, because oftentimes people go with the flow, the mediocrity, the complacency, things are already seemingly working, the bank account looks good, but there's still something fundamentally missing. So when people like you kind of rock the apple cart and go, no, there has to be much more. You're my favorite tribe. So I want to say thank you so much for for imparting this important message to my listeners and to the podcast subscribers.
2: Oh, absolutely. And and I thank you so much because I, I sometimes have to even remind myself because, you know, when you're in your own body, you don't often pay that much attention to uh, the fact that it can be inspiring because you often have this feeling of I'm walking a path that doesn't look like what anyone else is doing mm. and it can come with these fear of judgment and, and shame and, and all of the, all of those sort of like lack and negative emotions. So sometimes I even have to remind myself, no, Wendy, like this is, this is a good thing.
1: Yes. Yes. Beautiful. And so was it the stroke itself, or did you find leading up to the stroke? Because sometimes I think even at the unconscious uh, level or the subconscious level, there's something that's kind of gnawing at us. So was there an inner voice, or was there something that was resonating within you where you kind of knew you had to make a transition, but maybe the stroke was the catalyst for that?
2: Most definitely. I felt that pull. Like I like to call it the void, right? Like where you just feel like there's something missing, and I had it from a very young age. Um, as long as I can remember, I had this sense that like I'm meant to do something, but I don't know what it is, and it was such a strong pull mm-hmm. that it literally has been the catalyst for almost every decision. I and it's been a lot of crazy, wild decisions. <laughs> Throughout my life. So, very early on. And yes, the stroke was that like last straw, right? Mm-hmm. That broke the camel's back, where I was like, okay, enough. You're focused on the wrong things. Let's figure out how to, let's just, let's just rewind. Let's just start over. And let's do this right side up instead of upside down. Mm-hmm. And let's see where it leads us. So it was a combination.
1: Beautiful. Well, let's talk about at that particular point in your journey, uh, Wendy, because I think this is also very important to underscore and denote for the listening audience uh, who do, in fact, derive a lot of inspiration from my guests of each week. So when you were going through that period in your life where you were... uh, at least from an optic standpoint everything looked really good you were on the up and up you were leveling up you were bossing up you know you were a brilliant successful entrepreneur everything was going well did you have two separate camps of people the people who were you know going okay you're on the right path thinking you were on the right path and that's where you were perhaps getting your mentoring your coaching your inspiration your pull to keep going and then there were other people who knew you maybe more intimately well who kind of knew that you were just about to like collapse and people who were kind of cautioning you to maybe reevaluate the trajectory that you were in fact on
2: yeah so interestingly enough I've always been super private with uh, you know my journey and that's something I've had to learn that's that's another like layer to this that after the stroke I learned to let go of but My, you know, I feel like part of this need, this desire, at least the old me, the desire to level up, the desire to have the successful business, um, the desire that the optics looked a certain way, Mm uh, surpassed, uh, my need to, you know, almost be like authentic.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, and so I never showed people that I was struggling. I always like kept that, uh, something that my, obviously like my husband knew and my sister knew and my, my mom knew. So like the people who were super, super close to me. And I think that part of the reason that I wanted things to look perfect Mm -hmm. was because of The crazy decisions I've made in my life and the the super windy road, you know, jumping from career to career and city to city and job to job, I always felt like this is not the normal. And so people are looking at me like I'm crazy Mm -hmm. and I'm suffering from that fear of judgment on a continuous basis. So I wanted it to be like, look, you guys. Mm -hmm. I told you this one's going to work because I felt like every single time I pivoted, it would be like, oh, but this time. Mm. So I was so protective of the way it appeared to the world. And now, you you know, coming back on the other side of this, I can say how incredibly important it is to... Be authentic, even if you are struggling, because you're so much more relatable. And and there's somebody out there who is searching for somebody to relate to. Bingo. searching for somebody to say, you know what? Wherever you're at, it's okay. I'm there too. Mm -hmm. We'll make it together.
1: Absolutely. Well, and you said something there that was also very key that I just want to spend a little bit more time on uh, to impress upon the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, Wendy which is, you know, it is very important to be relatable because if we come across with this facade that, you know, everything is bickety-boo in our lives and we don't go through hardships and we don't face adversity and there's no obstacles. Well, being a human being, we know automatically that that's false, no matter how much somebody tries to construct that particular image and personify it to the collective. And so, Although people might support your message, they might endorse your branding, they might get behind you on some level, they'll, there's still going to be an element of people wavering and questioning, okay, is this person really the real deal? Because we know that life happens to all of us, and we know that we're not immune from, you know, unforeseen circumstances, uh, you know, from the simplest thing of a car breaking down to COVID, right? So. <laughs> It is really important that people understand that, well, you know, if Wendy can be vulnerable, if she can be candid, if she can be raw, if she can let it be known to what degree she too struggles and suffers. But maybe the difference with Wendy is that she's got the tenacity and she's got the perseverance and the fortitude. She knows how to plow through it. And by choosing to do that and being the walking, talking, breathing example of that, that's where she gets her genuine buy-in from people. That's where she gets her clients. That's where she gets her fan. So, I, I really appreciate you saying that because I think oftentimes people think that in order to be successful, and yes, we all define it very uniquely, but the optics of what normally goes hand in hand with the image or the idea surrounding success, it's about what's in the bank account, it's about your zip code, it's about the car that you drive, it's about all those superficial things. When at the end of the day, a lot of those people can't relate to that. They can't identify with that. They want to know who you are intrinsically as the altruistic human being. So thank you for being so raw and candid about your story, Wendy. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. And, and just to add on to what you just said, it is hard. It is like it's not an easy path to not uh, share you know, who you are authentically and your trials and your tribulations and what you're going through and how you're learning from it, when you're putting up that facade, it is is—it is like being on, like mm-hmm. you're an actor 24 seven mm-hmm. and it, it's not fulfilling. So by all means, and I, I know that for, you know, people out there that are wanting to have their own business or, you know, whatever it might be, even if it's a, a career, it, it be yourself, allow yourself to be vulnerable, allow yourself to be relatable, because that is neatly what the rest of us need. I always tell people that there is no line of demarcation between what makes you whole and we, what makes us all whole. And Beautiful. So if you don't show up as your best, I can't show up as mine.
1: Absolutely. Love that. Love that, Wendy. Thank you for that. So let's talk about your current health. How are you doing right now? And, and how severe or minor was your stroke?
2: Yeah, I mean, now I'm doing great. Uh, so my stroke, um, it took me about six months. So I ended up with right-sided weakness, definitely nowhere near as bad as a lot of other people have it. Granted, You know, I was like mid-30s. So I had my youth on my side. Mm-hmm. Um And I grew up an athlete, so I had that sort of, you know, mental toughness.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, And that was also the point when I started really getting into meditation and digging deep into spirituality. And I think, honestly, that was the biggest part of me being able to heal myself. Um, Before that, you know, stressed out, anxious, depressed Mm -hmm. on antidepressants. Spent my early 20s the same way. I mean, like I went from being depressed and anxious to being depressed and anxious to being depressed and anxious. And so when I had the stroke and I kind of hit that rock bottom, it was about a six month period of time before I completely regained all of my strength. I came off all of my antidepressants. Uh, I stopped getting migraines, which I had had since I was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, and I essentially take no medicine now, which is awesome considering how many at one point I was taking, I felt like I needed a pill box. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. At one point it was quite a lot. And, uh, so I am extremely grateful, uh, because I, I like to say that it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, it was literally the universe smacking me from behind, being like, mm-hmm. Wendy, you're off course. It is time, my friend. We're going to find the way together. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Beautiful. Well, a couple things you said, I'm going to try and see if I can hold these competing thoughts here. So, you know, I talk a lot about this on my show in terms of, I mean, yes, we talk about leadership. We talk about mindset. Everybody who I showcase is like an expert or a thought leader or a servant leader, you know, um, is rising in the ranks in some aspect of life in the business domain. But we do often talk about the importance the imperativeness and the correlation between the mind body spirit connection and your story is case in point right because you might be going through the motions and being on that hamster wheel of doing all the things as an overachiever and you know somebody who holds themselves accountable and somebody who meets their stringent deadlines and somebody who doesn't disappoint their clients etc etc but if you don't start putting things in check so that you establish that overall And I've talked to with guests like there's there's, some people believe in the the concept of balance some people don't believe in the concept of balance I think it's it's one of those things that we never quite achieve I think it's just something you've got to pivot accordingly and whether life throws you the curveball that makes you go okay I'm as you said I'm off track I'm off course this is here to teach me something I've got to reevaluate. I've got to reassess I got to do the inventory otherwise everything I've aspired to work hard to get to to where I'm at today it's gonna ultimately all be for naught if I don't even have my health. So mind, body, spirit, it is a very important, uh, equation. I think it's one of the most important formulas that one needs to adopt, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, because it is no easy grind. You know that, Wendy. I know that. Any entrepreneur I know knows that. And that's also another message I think is important for the listening audience is, you know, people think because they see the success or they see the metrics or they see uh, the caseload, the clients, the client's testimonials, etc. People think that everything in an entrepreneur's life must be smooth sailing. Well, no, it's not. We work exorbitant hours. We, you know, we don't have anybody micromanaging us. We have to be that self-disciplined to get what we need to get done continuously. And oftentimes we work seven days a week. So I just want to find out from you outside of the obvious of your, uh, you know, close encounter as it relates to your stroke. What else did that teach you? About the importance of mind, body, spirit connection.
2: Oh my gosh, uh, so much! Because before that, I would say I fit into that category where you of the people you were just describing, where you look at the people that you see in a distance that are on the internet, since that's predominantly uh, the way that people are opening businesses these days. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see their success, and you just think, I want that. I want that time freedom. I want that travel freedom. And the reality is that that's such a small percentage of it. You have to really want what it is you're going after, because it is a grind. It is hard. But at the same time, if it's something you love and it's your passion, then the work doesn't feel that hard. Mm -hmm. So I learned that one, you can't just go out there and say, "Okay, what can I make money at? Because that was kind of the mentality that was impressed upon me by my parents. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you have to have a certain status, a certain level of income. And so I was always trying to check that box mm-hmm. and I put aside the things that truly made me happy. Well, one, you can't honestly be authentic no matter how hard you try. If you're doing something you don't like, cause you're putting on a game face. Yeah. Well, that's not true to your innate energy. And you're in the energy wants to like speak to the world. So you got to put out whatever it is that wants to come through you. And so I learned first and foremost, okay, don't worry about the money. Worry about your happiness. Worry about what inspires you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, and yes, the balance thing, I agree. It it's something we all, I think, strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's learning how to say no, and, and understanding that's just as important as the things you say yes to. Bingo. Started really tuning in and saying, okay, what what do I want to show up for? What do I want to put out there? When do I want to work? And Does it always work out? No. I mean, the reality is that you're in a business and and there are times when you're going to have to bend. But if you're really intentional and putting a lot of thought and consideration into what you want your life to look like and you Mm -hmm. strive for that on a daily basis, then for the most part, it can be achievable. I think, you know, a lot of people, so another thing people used to tell me was, okay, so if you want to make a big impact, then you have to give up everything else in your life and you're going to focus on just your business, which by the way, I'm pretty sure is why I had a stroke. Right. (laughs) Um, I learned, okay, it cannot be this. It's all my business. Mm -hmm. It has to be about my spiritual health. It has to be about spending time with my family. Mm-hmm. It has to be about exercising and moving my body. It has to be about eating healthy um, and doing the things I want to do because life doesn't happen tomorrow. It happens today. Bingo. And so many people are living for the, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next month, I'll do it next year. And, I, and I, I tell people, I'm like, you realize the future is this elusive thing that does not exist. Mm-hmm. The only thing that exists is here and now. And so if there is a change you're seeking, if there is something missing in your life, if there's a goal you wanna achieve, then the question becomes not what do I do tomorrow, but what can I do today? What can I do right now? Even if it's the smallest step, that's going to get me closer to the path that I really wanna be on.
1: I love that you said that, Wendy, because again, that's something we talk about quite extensively on this program, because the people who, in whatever ways they choose to define success and the ways in which they embody it and the ways that they're recognized for it, That's always one of the key elements that all of my guests embody characteristically. And when people talk about gratitude, because everything in my life is underscored by gratitude. And I think the people who are really grateful for life, really grateful for their freedoms, grateful for being able-bodied, healthy, their children's or whatever, um, it's the recognition that life in itself and being here is a miracle. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but because I really grasp what the, what the gift of life means, I don't squander. Like I take a look at, uh, you know, if this is my last 24 hours on the planet, how do I want to expend my energy? How do I want to be most remembered? How do I want to know what my thoughts were in that given time? You know, was I, was I, focusing my time attention and energy on the things that were intuitive or things that were alternatively counterintuitive you know was I saying thank you was I saying I love you was I was I saying I'm sorry was I you know holding true to the integrity of my commitments and 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 honoring you know what I say people mean to me or was it all lip service and was I just fixated on me 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 so the people who really understand, the value and the concept of all we have is this moment. I think because people grasp that and because they they have like such great momentum and traction and they don't squander time, they don't squander opportunity, they don't want to live with regret, they don't want to procrastinate. Those are the people who I tend to find the most successful because they will squeeze and make the most out of every single minute, out of every day. And then people look at them who don't live like that, don't have that philosophy and go, oh my God, you're on fire. How do you do that? Well, I, I value my time and I, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for the gift of life. So why wouldn't I?
2: Absolutely. That is incredibly true. And, and to add on to that, it's when you're, you know, people are always looking for this elusive purpose. You know what am I here for? Who am I supposed to be? It's it's you're living it. Yeah, that's what you're here for. It's the the challenges, the obstacles, the lessons you learn. That is your purpose. Absolutely. And so, if if you're embracing them and you see that everything in life is like a two side, you know, like a like a quarter, a coin.
0: Mm-hmm. You've got
2: one side that is the abundance, the the everything is a miracle, but it's. The bright side, the the joy, the happiness, the gratitude, and then you got the other side, which is, you know, well maybe the lack, the mm-hmm. unfortunate part of it. So which side of the coin are you going to pay attention to? Because there's duality in everything.
1: Beautiful. Yes. Yes. We talk about dualities and polarities all the time. Um, So, yes. So what I'd love to know from you, Wendy, is not only how would you define, characterize what your purpose is, but I would also love to know what what are you most inspired by?
2: Okay, I think, honestly, my purpose is to share my experience with the world Mm -hmm. or the people who want to listen. So understanding that, one, there's no right path. Um, There's only your path, and Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like, it's meant for you. And sometimes... (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right.
1: Hey, it's real life, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Um, Okay, so it's only your path. So it's sometimes windy. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's filled with heartache and pain. Mm -hmm. But... Again, going back to the purpose, the purpose is for you to learn and for you to say, why is this happening for me? Mm -hmm. And my life has been definitely ups and downs and windy and searching for this, you know, elusive purpose that we all want to focus and harp on. And so I feel like I can be a great example and say, look at look at me, mm-hmm. like you know. I depression, yes. Borderline alcoholic, yeah. Eating mm-hmm. disorder, check that off too. Mm-hmm. Uh, no
1: health issues, yes. My kind of gal, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's so many parallels I mean, between it. you and I. It's not even funny. I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you just go, you know, like look. And I went from thinking. The glass was like half empty. There was no water in my glass to understanding. Because you drank it all, Wendy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody didn't even give me a glass. <laughs> I'll take the bottle, thanks. I know. And then, and then you have this, this shift that's like, oh my God, I'm looking at it all wrong. Yeah, and I'm searching for things in a certain type of career, or I'm searching for it in a certain location, or I'm searching for it at a certain income level. Um, and you're, n- I'm never going to find it there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And neither are you. Yes. And there are going to be a lot of people who, yeah, they they. If you're not prepared to hear that message, you're not going to hear it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you're ready to hear it. Then you go, oh my gosh, you start relating it to yourself Mm -hmm. and you start saying, okay, if that's possible for her or for that person or for this person, then what's possible for me? Mm -hmm. And I'm really very passionate about people understanding that you don't belong in a box. So Mm -hmm. I felt like for, you know, my early 20s, I was like, I had mentioned, you know, my parents impressed upon me, Wendy, you can be whatever you want, but it's got to come with, you know, this list of criteria. And so I spent so much of my time unhappy and miserable because I was trying to match that criteria. Mm -hmm. And I want people to understand life is not about that. Life is a game. It is Mm -hmm. quite literally a game. And it's all about, you know, mastering what you have come here to learn. And why would you spend any moment of time or any ounce of your energy pursuing things that don't light you up Mm -hmm. or focusing on things like money, right? Because I don't see anybody putting, you know, like a, a gas station on their vision board, but, or, you know, <laughs> Wi-Fi tower, but it's the same thing as money. Right. And so focus on the things that truly make you happy. Don't worry about people who don't get it because that's going to happen no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. You're a successful person and and people won't get you and people will criticize you. Who's mm-hmm. Successful. And if you're just starting out, well, you're not successful enough. So guess what? Just pick your poison. It's gonna happen. Absolutely. And, and love yourself where you're at.
1: Well, and a lot, a lot of points that you made are just so paramount that I just wanna kind of uh, backtrack a little bit. You know, I think when we, we do the correlation between your stroke or anybody who's listening or anybody who we know in life, particularly in this pandemic, uh, a lot of people have been afflicted. Um, you know, I find, unfortunately, a lot of the people, and this is coming from people who will even admit after they've gone through their transformation, or they've leveled up, or they've really honed in on, okay, who am I? You know, and and really digging deep on asking themselves that question, because it and it, it is like purpose is a derivative of desperation and pain. I think the people who are really tapped into truly crystallized knowing what their purpose is, it's because it's come from some form of desperation or pain in their life. And when they've decided to commit to the journey of working through it, overcoming it, and coming out stronger on the other side, these are the people who then are committed to giving back because we all recognize whatever our affliction is, whatever our hardship is, And it's transformed and transcended our entire lives. We know that we're not the only ones going through it but we also recognize not everybody has a great infrastructure of support a lot of people feel isolated in their moments of pain mm-hmm. so when people like you and me for whatever it is we've individually gone through Wendy and because you know we are the light healers we are the energy workers you know we are the people who want to give it back and pay it forward we take what we have identified as being our gifts our strengths our skills our talents our insights our pain And we make it work for us in a way that once we've proven it's worked for us and we've made it work for us, how then can we pay it forward by making it work for the collective? And so I find, unfortunately, a lot of the people through their transformation, looking back in hindsight, when we talk about the things that they've been most afflicted by and how they've come out on the other end, a lot of people have said, you know, in terms of the mind-body-spirit connection, where I was really kind of diseased in my mindset Was I always said yes. The more I said yes to things out of obligation and doing things that weren't integral with, you know, honoring my soul, I knew I was out of alignment. And the more I continued to say yes and put myself in a position of being out of alignment, the sicker I got. Whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's whatever that people withdraw into that takes them into a dark place and go down the rabbit hole. So you've said a lot of things and I'm just paraphrasing here, but you've said a lot of things that I think are very important in your messaging to the listening audience and to the podcast subscribers. And I want to thank you very much for this very real conversation because oftentimes You know, there are people who feel, particularly when they're doing media opportunities, it's like, oh, I've got to make myself sing. I've got to make myself look infallible. I've got to make myself look like, you know, I'm a million bucks and I've got a million bucks and I got this and I got that. But I find the people that I most relate to on my show and in life in general are the people like you, Wendy, who just put it out there and say, you know what? Yeah, I had a drinking problem. Yeah, I was on meds. You know, yeah, I did this and yeah, I did that. But you know what? It didn't define me. I found myself in all of that and, and I've made something pretty beautiful out of my life and I'm being a great example to my children and I'm the real walking, talking, breathing example to my clients because they can relate to me. So bullseye, you've done a wonderful job. You're brilliant.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that.
1: Well, and I, I, you. I do think
2: it's important that people understand you're, you're absolutely right that it, it is a derivative of pain because you can't learn the lesson if you don't if you don't make it through, you know, the shadow, if you don't go through the pain. And, Absolutely. And everyone wants a you know, like the magic pill, mm-hmm. but you don't learn anything when you take the magic pill. You don't get a medal if you like, you know, everyone else is running a marathon and, and you get in the car. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, you, y- if you want to want a reward, out. right? Right, you you take the
1: elevator. Well, that's right. You take the elevator when everyone else is taking the stairs, you know what I mean?
2: Or vice versa,
1: right? Like your dues. I know.
2: And then you wonder, you go, Well, how come I'm not as fit as I want to be? Or how come I haven't achieved X, Y, Z? It's like, well, you did take the elevator.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So What I would like to know from you as well, Wendy, is, you know, I oftentimes talk about legacy and I think a lot more people are really not just talking about it in terms of it's the flavor of the month or the flavor of the year conversation. I've been talking about legacy pretty much my entire life. Um, Never mind how you think people might perceive you today. And of course, everybody who has a different intimate relationship with you will see you view you based on their interactions being uniquely different from everyone else everyone's going to have their own takeaways or breakthroughs or memories as it pertains to you. But how would you personally want to be most remembered?
2: I think that, I mean, it, it goes kind of along with the name of your podcast. I mean, I would like to be known as being, you know, that person who's just fearless, that's unafraid to, to really fail. And in, in the name of, kind of like I'm making these mistakes so that you don't have to, even mm-hmm. though technically you do. <laughs> right. Um, but I want, and, and more importantly, and I feel like I, I want to impress upon as many people as I can, but even if it's only one person, even if it's my, my son, my daughter, um, that they understand that I don't want to put them in a box. I want them to be brilliant in their own light. And I want them to be a good person and to value their time and value their worth. Mm. And in and of itself, if I can accomplish even just that, then I've done more than I could have ever hoped to do in this lifetime.
1: Brilliant. I, too, have a son and daughter. How old are your, your children?
2: Oh, my son is five and my daughter is 10.
1: Oh, congratulations. My daughter's 10 turning 11 and my son is uh, turning 13 in September, 18 months apart.
2: Uh, Ah, sometimes I wish they were a little bit closer. My daughter actually just turned 10. But um, at the same time, you know, when they're really little, uh, I was like, oh, it'd be nice to spread them out. But I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, well, and you know, I love even the fact that we have that more so in common, because I think when you become a parent, your, your pre-parent thinking goes right out the window, oh, right? Because exactly. particularly when you're a mom, right? When you've got that maternal instinct and you've brought life into this world, there's a level of due diligence and, and inherent responsibility. Anything that you thought was perceivably important before your role as mom, that goes right out the window.
2: Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And I I look at things and because of, you know, how I grew up and where I'm at in my life right now, and I, it's a constant thing, right? Like every day you wake up, you got to work on yourself. I also tell people this, look, when it comes to like your mindset, your spirituality, your body, whatever it is, this is not like a, a one and done. This is, I wake up every day and I am constantly, you know, reminding myself, I'm choosing to show up this particular way today. Yes. Um, so I feel like it's important to really ground my children in that kind of mentality and I don't force anything on them. I just kind of say, look, this is what I think, but I want you to make your own opinion. I want you to have your own say. I don't want you to feel like, well, mom says I have to believe this.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: And both my kids, uh, you know, they meditate. Even my son, he's been meditating since he was three years old. Beautiful. And he calls it talking to his heart. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so when if he's having a bad day or anything, I'll, I'll have him do it extra. And I say, do you need to go talk to your heart? And he's like, oh, I'll be
1: right back. <laughs> it's the cutest that thing. Is, I just got goosebumps. That is so beautiful. You are such a good mom. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think we all can
2: agree. It's it, it. We're trying, right? Like you're just doing the best you can.
1: Yes. No manual. We're just waiting. No manual.
2: <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I, I hope you know, that, uh, they come out, um, somewhat adjusted, but, you know, I also recognize that my job, the expectations that I have in my life are for me and not for them. They have Beautiful. to create their own expectations. And so I have to let it go. And I can, all I can do is guide and love and that's it.
1: Well, and, and, that that's all it needs to be really. And I think it's important that you made that distinction. You know, you've got your criteria for yourself in terms of being integral with yourself and understanding what you want to live up to and what you want to hold yourself accountable to on a daily basis, but recognizing and doing the contrast between certain things that you felt pigeonholed as a result of your parents, even though they were supportive and they had good intentions and they, you know, wanted you to be happy in whatever you chose for yourself but there was that but right there was that but that that didn't allow you to fully aspire and ascend in the way that you could have had your own free will and your own free spirit without feeling like okay but there is a but here and then feeling handcuffed by that so when you talk about you know this is who I am with myself But these are the choices and the free will that I allow my children to soar with so that I don't make the intergenerational mistakes or become the hypocrite for the things that I knew I felt once upon a time impeded by or perhaps at different times in my life I felt resentful towards with my parents, again, no matter how well-intentioned or them doing the best with what they knew at the time of bringing me up. Um, But when we know better, we do better. And I think a lot of our experiences good bad and different again when you talked about earlier dualities and polarities you know that's what i think makes people the most fundamentally inherently grateful as well because if you're not sitting in the shits for a certain part of your life or you're not going through things and up against the wall or you know feeling isolated or alienated or misunderstood you know if you don't appreciate the lows you'll never appreciate the highs and i think it's the contrast that keeps us grounded and it's what really reinforces our, our daily level of increasing gratitude. And I think when you've gotten that, when you've grasped that, that shows up in your parenting. And for what you've just described and how your son says, I'm going to go talk to my heart. I mean, honestly, (laughs) I don't think I've heard, honestly, when it comes to anything and there's for all the things that I've heard or other conversations I've had with, you know, children's moms or moms groups and stuff. I don't think I've ever heard anything so beautiful than that. Oh. that <laughs> is I will, so I will beautiful. tell him that and he will be so excited. <laughs> Please do. I mean, that is the most beautiful thing I think I've ever heard about a child and how they talk or how they reconcile something or, or what they do as their own like regimen. Or, or that's, I just get goosebumps. Can you say that <laughs> to me again? Can you say that? I love that.
2: Yeah, he says, you know, uh, if I tell him, hey, like, what do you, you know, anytime he does it, he goes, I'm gonna go, I need to go talk to my heart. Oh. And, and then I, he'll come back and we'll talk about it. And I'll say, well, what did your heart say? And then he always deli- I tell you, sometimes the things he ca- he tells me are so prolific, mm. and of course, you know, his subconscious is wide open right now. But I'm, I'm like, where did you hear that? Like, did you hear that on a TV station? Like, I literally want to get out a pen and paper and take notes. Yeah, because some of the things he says, I'm just like, whoa
1: you are only like now i'm like you are only five but old soul old soul i mean indigo child i don't know what you want to call it i mean my children are very much the same way but you know what that is that's not only is it a is it a derivative of your parenting because i do believe children are a byproduct of their environments and so when when kids can see to what degree you're tapped in you're open and receptive when it comes to talking about feelings and we've got feelings flashcards in this home uh we pull that we pull them out quite regularly you know we talk about things and and you know it's like you know if you feel hurt you feel hurt if you feel mad you feel mad don't apologize for how you feel because i think this is this is the problem I think a lot of parents make. It's like, because they think it's uh, a result of, well, if my kid's unhappy, then I'm automatically to blame. And I don't wanna go there and I don't wanna take responsibility, but you know what, you gotta break that down. And yeah. you want your kids to be enlightened. You want your kids to be empowered. Mm-hmm. You know, you want them to understand free will, but doing it in such a way that it doesn't impede on the rights or the hearts of other people. Um, then you've got to you've got to exhibit that you've got to role model that you've got to have those kinds of conversations you can't you know you've got to talk about feelings and, and the kids have to see that you feel right you don't you don't stifle your feelings but just talk about feelings right Absolutely. so i i just i think that's just so beautiful wendy i mean thank you you know i'm giving you a big mom, mom <laughs> high five on that one that's
2: awesome thank you the, the one last thing I want to add to what you just said, which was so beautiful, is parents also need to give themselves permission to understand that just like you have gone through hardships in your life. And just like we talked about earlier, that the lesson is in is in the pain. Yes. You can't prevent your children. and. I actually had this vision once, uh, during one of my meditations and I asked one of my guides, I said, can I take the pain? You know, I'll, I'll give up everything I ever wanted so that I can make sure my kids live this long, happy life. I'll take it all. And the response I got was, Wendy, you cannot impede on what anybody else has chosen for their life.
0: Mm.
2: Meaning, right? Yes. They have to go through their own stuff too.
1: Yes. It does
2: not make you a bad parent. It, what you have to, you know, be there, love them through it, help mm-hmm. them through it, guide them through them, uh, be an example of how you have come out the other side. But in order for them to learn their lesson, it, they got to go through stuff too absolutely
1: and i know it's instinctual we want to like protect them Mm -hmm. you know we want to safeguard them we want it we don't want to see them cry we we don't want to see their feelings hurt we don't want to see all that stuff but you're absolutely right i mean that's what makes them more self-actualized that's what makes them empathic that's what makes them nurturers that's what makes them tapped in and having a pulse on humanity and morality Because if they can identify with what it means to have their feelings hurt or to feel misunderstood or to feel whatever that causes whatever associated emotion they feel, they're going to be able to recognize that and interact and be first responders for their peers, their community members, for eventually their, their husbands, their wives, their own children. Um, so absolutely. I think that, you know, you need the good, bad, you need all of it. You need, you need to have all of it to appreciate it.
2: Yes, definitely. I mean, that's, that's essentially what life is.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, Wendy, being cognizant of time and knowing we got to wrap up soon, I'd love to give you the opportunity for the, the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers. Where is it that people can reach out to you for an initial consult? Where can people, you know, if they want to retain your services, how can people reach out to you?
2: Sure. So my website, I like to say, is on vacation. Um, it's actually <laughs> getting re- <laughs> it, it, it got infected with a bunch of malware. And so I said, well, it's a good time to revamp anyways. Good. So the best thing to do is go to Instagram. You can find me at either Wendy Louise Gerhardt or I am Wendy Louise. Um, and the last name's G-E-R-H-A-R-D-T. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, a mouthful but definitely reach out there, send me a message. Hopefully my website will, will decide it's gonna go back to work sometime soon. And, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and are you gonna keep the same handle? Like, are you, are you like relaunching, rebranding, or is it gonna be the same website handle URL or?
2: It'll be the same website URL, which is okay. Um I am in the process of starting the slow process of of moving from Wendy Louise Gerhardt Handle to I am Wendy Louise because it is I have shifted branding, um, but it, it, I don't know when it'll be a definitive into one and and a complete hundred percent to the other.
1: That's okay. Nothing's a hundred percent done. We're always growing, expanding, evolving. That's life. Yeah. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, so let's relax, everybody. Yes. (laughs) You know, like I think people have, you know, it's not lowering your standards, it's lowering your expectations and going, okay, what's relative to the times here? Like how much extra pressure do I have to put on myself on top of everything else that I'm grappling with as a mom, as a a successful businesswoman, I'm referring to you here, Wendy. So I... You know, it's just like, it's perspective. It's going to get done when it gets done. But the thing is, you're alive, you're accessible, you're here to connect with. And uh, this has been a really, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I just want to say that I think what you're doing and how you've you've evolved and the good that you're putting back out there into the world, it's brilliant. It's wonderful. And I want to thank you for the gift of your time. And I want to thank you for showing up and being exactly who you are. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having me on and, and allowing me just to, you know, discuss the things that, you know, I love to talk about and, and, um, anytime I get to talk about this stuff, I feel, I feel powerful and impactful and that's all I want. So thank you so much.
1: I think Wendy, I think this is just the beginning, right? I mean, yeah, we'll we'll keep engaging with each other offline, and uh, I'm I'm always here to support you in whatever ways that you need me to do so. And um, I uh, yeah, I I think I found a friend here. So thank
2: uh, you. Oh yes, I feel I feel the same way. I feel like we're we're two birds of the same uh, flock.
1: <laughs> yeah, as long as we don't get stoned or. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Listen, I want to thank you again, Wendy. We'll be in touch soon. And to the listening audience, I want to thank you as well for the gift of your time, for tuning into myself and my wonderful, brilliant guest of uh, today, Wendy Gerhardt. I would really strongly encourage you to reach out to her, as you can tell, just as a, a taste of this conversation. She's very upbeat and a real deal. And I'm very exceptionally clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next week, when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you all my best, be safe, stay healthy and uplifted. Take care, love and gratitude, all my best. You too, Wendy, thank you.